over the next 12, 13 weeks, we're going to get a first eye glimpse at what he had to say. I mean, you listen, you're going to get, a, get an opportunity to sit down and to listen word by word to what this man had to say. And you know what he's, the conclusion that he's going to come to is this. Guys, I want to tell you, listen, I, I know you're going to look at this and you're going to think this is so important and you're going to think that is so important. You're going to think you're going to have to have this and you're going to think that you're going to have to obtain this and you're going to have to think that this is... And he's going to say, listen, let me just tell you this. And this is the conclusion. That life without God is meaningless. It's meaningless. It's vanity. It's fleeting. It's just no use in it. And so what we want to do, I want you to, to open up to Ecclesiastes chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And why don't we just start out by reading some of it today. And uh, we're going to make our way through with it. And at the end, we're going to do something special with our seniors. I, I thought about making them sit down here so I could look at them and ask them some questions. I might do that anyway. Seniors, <laughs> come on down here because I need to ask you some questions. So if you're a senior and you just got a gift, you come back down here and sit on the front row because this is really important. <laughs> Your parents are going to thank me for this by the time this is over with. I promise you. This thing keeps whining in my ear. Why does it keep whining in my ear? Maybe we can make, have to take it off. I'll be loud enough after it's over with. Let's read together in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And let's just see what Solomon has to say today. And this is the words that he speaks. These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaning, meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north, around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea never is full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea, and everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, Here, here's something new. But actually, actually it's, it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in the future generations, no one, no one will remember what we are doing now. Some 3,000 years ago, Solomon penned these words, and I would think that what we're going to hear over the next several weeks, Solomon is saying, listen, I don't want you to go through some of the pain, I don't want you to go through some of the issues in life that I've gone through. So would you just listen to me? There's some people in life that you just don't want to listen to, especially as you get a little older. Sometimes at your age, you get to think to know you. You get to know everything, right? This is what you get to know. 
Early on, you think you know everything. Later on in life, Steve, you get to realize that you don't know very much at all, right? And it's the paradigm shift. There are things that you guys think right now that are so vitally important that once you get to be Big Dave's age, you're going to go, it's not really important at all. And there's some things right now that you guys are like going, that's not really that important. And then you get to be Mr. Dan's age and you go, that's really important. Paradigm shifts. And I think what, what Solomon is going to tell us as we walk through this is, listen, life without God is meaningless. There are things right now that you guys are searching after. There are things right now that those of us in this room are searching after. And what Solomon is going to tell us throughout this whole, this whole book that we're going to walk through, it is meaningless. As important as you think that it is, as vital as you think that it is, at the end of it, it is worthless. It's empty. It's void. There's nothing to it. And he goes on here and he says, listen, he said, nothing that you can think of that's temporary will satisfy the desires that lie within you. And he starts off here and he says this in reference, you might want to write, listen, write this down. Write this down someplace. These are real important. Prosperity, write it down, put it in your, put it in your iPhone, iPad, on a piece of paper, write it down someplace. You're going to come back down one day and you're going to say, Pastor Sidney told me this. Prosperity, power, position will not satisfy. See, this is what you're, you're pushed to do this as a graduate. Well, what are you going to be when you grow up? So all of us have figured out, and maybe you guys have been there, you have to sort of figure out what you're going to be for a day like today because you want to make sure it sounds good. I mean, who in the world wants to stand up here and say something that nobody's going to go, wow. So you want to have like one of them wow things, but the wow thing may not work out. Are you with me? may not work out prosperity power and position all those things I mean how many of us in this room don't want to man have a good position down the line how many of us in this room don't want to be able to provide for ourselves your parents want to make sure you provide for yourself that's important okay they don't want to pay for your bills any longer but you want to be able to have you want to be able to pay pay your way you want to be able to have that position but Prosperity, power, and position will not satisfy. Right up front, he identifies who he is. He tells you exactly who he is, who's writing these words. And here Solomon says that everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. And what he's saying here is that life is futile, life is meaningless without God. So at the forefront of everything, maybe the question I ought to ask you, I hear what you guys say that you want to do. I hear the position that you say that you want to have. I hear where you say you want to go, to, where you want to go to school. But where does God fit in in the middle of all of that? I mean, is is this position or is this school something that you've come to grips with God, saying, "This is what I feel like the Lord wants me to do," or is this just a grand scheme of things that you've put together on your own? Where will you include God in this plan? your plan for your life maybe the better question is god what is your plan for my life not what is my plan you know here's paul when paul's speaking in the new 
in the New Testament to the, in 1 Corinthians, he says something in reference to the resurrection. And Paul said, listen, if there's not a resurrection, he said, why don't we just go out and party because tomorrow we will all die. What we believe about tomorrow will affect how we live today. And for those of us that are followers of Christ, Matt, listen, there's more to this life than this life. There's more to this life than just earning a paycheck. And there's more to this life than just going to a church service on a Sunday morning. There's more to this life than just being involved in a sporting activity. There's more to this life than travel baseball. There's more to this life than being on a specific committee or holding a position in a, com in a community. There is more to this life. All that other stuff, listen, it will not satisfy. And Solomon says, listen, a life without God, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. What do people get for all of their hard work under the sun? Nine to five, just, man, so you can get a little bit of an edge, so that you guys can have a big 401k, so that you can have a nice house so that you can drive a better car, so that you can go on all these big vacations, so that you can have more possessions and more toys. All those things are great. But in the long run, how many people that I know that have all those things, yet they're not satisfied and they're empty on the inside because they've come to understand that life is meaningless. Bill Hull will tell you that. Bill, how many people do you deal with on a daily basis? People that are your friends, that are your comrades, that are your peers, that are at that place in life, they've been successful from man's standpoint, only to come to say, man, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm missing something. The satisfaction from all those things that we obtain or all of those things that we seem to, to, to uh, fill our lives with are only short Live just like a new car, a new car that you get. I mean, I mean, you, you guys know that feeling. I mean, when you get it, you clean it all up. I would assume you do that, right? And man, you don't want anybody eating in it or anybody messing in it. They got to clean their shoes off when they get in it. Are you with me? You don't want the kids eating in it. Are you with me? Until all of a sudden you're on that trip. And you don't want to stop, so you run through the drive through at McDonald's, and you put down towels and everything else so that nobody spills anything. Five minutes down the road, you hear, uh-oh. <laughs> By the time it's over with, man, listen, there's fries in the floorboard, there's gum on the ceiling, there's just, it's a mess. There's those little, those little dumb, dumb, uh, you know, the little, the little, uh, yeah, stuck all over the place. Some of us don't even want to clean our cars because we're afraid of what we might find. It's like that newness. It doesn't take long for it to wear off, does it? It's not long. When Meredith and I first built our house, we had this huge party. And, uh, I mean, there was a bunch of people. Why we have white carpet in our house, I have no clue. <laughs> Meredith, you've got to explain that to me, because I still had not figured that out. White carpet in a, in a house, would you want to have bunches of teenagers? 
not only that, decide what, you know what we had for our first meal that night where there were all these teenagers for a Super Bowl party? It was spaghetti, wasn't it? <laughs> it was chili. Well, guess what one of the little middle school kids decided he was going to do? He was going to initiate it. So we've had a rug over that spot for the past 18 years, 19 years. It just doesn't take long for those things that we seem to put so much value on for that newness to wear off. And yet we value it so, so much. Our possessions may bring those satisfactions for a season, but then what? And there's not a thing wrong with striving to have those things, to have nice things, to have a nice house, or to have a nice school, or to be able to go on vacation. There's not a thing wrong with, those, with that. But the only thing that we're saying is that what Solomon said at the end of the day, if that's what you're striving for, you'll come to find out at the end of that journey that they don't satisfy and fill the void that you have. Seniors, base your life and your goals and your direction on something larger than a, than a job, on something larger than a house, on something larger base it on a relationship with Jesus Christ because it's the only thing that will satisfy because your plan may not work out. Your plan may not work out. But you can always trust Him. Always trust Him. Wealth is one of those things you can't take it with you. I mean, how many times have we heard the story you don't see a, a hearse, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't see a hearse carrying one of those bank wagons. You just don't see that. It just doesn't work that way. And Jesus said you can't serve two masters, yet how many of us are standing right there in the middle of that, trying to serve God and trying to serve money? And positions? How many people in here have obtained a certain position only to figure out that that position just didn't meet that inner need and inner desire. And even if you're in a job that you feel blessed to have, it still doesn't mean that that job provides satisfaction. Because contentment doesn't come in a job. The point in time will come that you'll realize that only God provides contentment. And so he says here, what did people get for the, all their hard work under the sun? That's one of those things you might want to underline. I want to sort of explain that to you. Because this, this, this little thought under the sun is really, really important. And he'll come back to this thought under the sun time and time again as he walks through this passages of Scripture as he writes in Ecclesiastes. And it means the wisdom of the world. See, because there's the wisdom of the world, that which is logical, and then there's the wisdom of God. And it means wisdom apart from God. It means knowledge apart from God, life apart from God. It's contrasted, life apart from God, contrasted, contrasted with life with God. So why do people, what do people get for all of their hard work under the sun, or what do people get for all of their hard work apart from God? And, and here's Solomon. Man, here's Solomon, the wealthiest, supposedly the wisest. Now let's go ahead and add a third one on there. He had the most women ever. A thousand women. 
He was crazy. Crazy. 700 wives, 300 concubines. I mean, if you want to talk about a foreign policy, this guy had a foreign policy. He was all about expansion. <clears throat> he was. And so every time he wanted to take over a specific area, they'd want to give him another wife or give him somebody to marry. And this, listen, this guy was a nut. Even though he was so wise, he would just receive them right on in. And you'll find out that later in his life, it would destroy him. All of his wisdom. Women, there's an underlying message there. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to pull. I'm not going to pull on that one there this morning. So here's Solomon on the quest to say, if God doesn't exist, then, then, what is it that really matters? Because of all the stuff that he'd attained, all the stuff that he had acquired, it didn't mean anything. And if there was anybody that would have been able to to speak on this subject, it would have been the guy named Solomon. And he says, "Man, life is meaningless without God." And I want you guys to hear that as seniors, as you're beginning this journey. Man, life is meaningless. Man, you're getting ready to step out, and life is meaningless. I don't care what, what club or what, um, what do they call those things, fraternities or sororities. I don't care who comes knocking on your door at school. I don't care what little guy comes knocking on your door. Life is meaningless without God. He should be the center of your life, not a part of your life. Because if you want to really find meaning and if you really want to find purpose, he has to be at the center of your life, not just a part of it. And Solomon says, listen, I want to save you the heartache and I want to save you the pain. I've experienced it because of my foolishness. And I want you to understand that your pain that you experience because of the choices that you make not only affect you, but they affect the people that love you the most. So please listen. I beg you to listen to what I'm telling you. You have the ability to read God's word and to make wise choices. And God has placed you guys around some neat people. He's placed you guys around a, an environment of people that love you, that love Jesus. And he's provided you the opportunity to have wisdom beyond your parents because right now your parents aren't always the smartest of people. And so I want you to think about that for a second. Who are some of the people in your life that God has placed around you that you believe are wise people? People who love Jesus more than they love anything. Somebody that you could go to to look for, for wisdom, to gain wisdom, to say, listen, man, there's some things I want to throw off on you. I want to, I want to talk about some things. I want to, who are some of those people? Not your parents, but who are some of those people? Who are they? Mr. Bart, you think Mr. Bart's smart? Bart's real smart. Miss Yvonne's smarter, though. <laughs> Tori, who is that? Who's the person? Sherry. Who's that person, Jonathan? Mike Cole. Yeah. Matt? The Olivers? Mr. Oliver, not Miss Oliver. Both of them? Oh, okay. That's a good thing to say. <laughs> Bailey? Zach. Zach Lucas. Doesn't fall far from the tree. 
Yeah, I want you to think about that because let me tell you something. There's going to come a time when you guys may find yourself in a pickle. And you're going to need some people to call. And it ain't going to be Ghostbusters. Okay? <laughs> and what you want to be able to do is you want to be humble enough to say, listen, can I throw some things off to you because I really need some advice. Because you're, there are going to be times, I promise you, you're going to wrestle. And you know what you're going to wrestle with? You're going to wrestle with pride. And you're, you're going to wrestle with rebellion. And you're going you're gonna to struggle with, what am I going to do? Is this, man, is this really going to work out? And you're going to need to talk to somebody. And the last person you need to talk to is somebody that's going to tell you what you need to hear or what you want to hear. You need to talk to somebody that's going to sit you down and it's going to take God's word out and say, hey, let's see what God's word has to say and what, what it has to say and how does it apply to where you are right now. That's the type of people that you want to be around. And I think that's what Solomon would say, surround yourself with some people because all that other stuff, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. Life without God is meaningless. Sort of a second idea is man's existence apart from God is futile. It's pointless. Look at what he says there in, in verse 4. Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The earth never changes. The sun rises and sets, then hurries around to rise again. The winds blow south and then turns north. Around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea. The sea is never full. And this is making me tired. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Woo! Man is temporary. But creation seems to go on and on forever. Generation after generation come and go. Generation after generation come and go. And you know what, guys? Death for you is closer than what you think. Pause, stranger, as you pass me by, as you are now, so once was I, as I am now, so you will be, so prepare for death and follow me. It's closer than what you think. It's like a vapor. The brevity of life. And death isn't a respecter of persons. If I could only tell you, and Deacon accounts of this, the number of teenagers I've had to bury over the years. Some bad choices on their part. Some didn't have anything to do with bad choices on their part. Some it was just life. And death isn't a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what family you come from, what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter where you score, you go into school, how great of an athlete you are. It doesn't matter how much money you got in your back pocket. It doesn't consider any of that stuff. But someday, she's going to knock on your door. And regardless if you're ready or not, here she comes. And you're going to have to answer that call. And the question is, will you be ready to answer when she calls? But life is temporary, isn't it, people? See, I know that because some of you are thinking more about death than you are thinking about life because you're older. That's what seems to happen. When we're younger, we always think that death is far, far, far away. Until you're in a situation like I was yesterday. And you realize how close death really is. Man labors, but nothing seems to satisfy everything in verse 8. 
Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. That word everything means everything. George Orwell said this, most people get a fair amount of fun out of their lives. But on balance, life is suffering. Only the very young or the very foolish imagine it otherwise. Listen, there is going to be fun in your life, but let me tell you what. There will be suffering and pain. There's going to be suffering and pain in every one of your lives, and you don't have to run from that. You don't have to run from the, from the times that, man, life gets rough. That's why you got an anchor. And your anchor isn't, man, the life circumstances of life. Your anchor is Jesus Christ. There is no other anchor which holds. And when you're in a situation which you don't know what to do, it's easy for sometimes for that anchor to want to move, to get in that current, and all of a sudden you've been in that boat before and that anchor wants to move because of the, the, the force of that current. And man, you've got to anchor in and go, no, my anchor is firm and secure is what it says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It is strong and secure. Man dies and life goes on if nothing ever happened. History merely repeats itself is what it says. It goes on to say sometimes people say here it is something new, but actually it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. History repeats itself. I found out the other day, it's pretty interesting. I don't know if you know this or not. I don't, it's, a, it's not that important of a fact, but guess what's coming back? Vinyl records. I mean, who would have thought that? Vinyl records. You guys, see, some of y'all are old enough to remember. Vinyl records. The teenagers are like going, what's that? Vinyl records. Vinyl records, record players, eight-track tapes, cassettes. Y'all don't even know what a cassette is, do you? <clears throat> cassettes, CDs, DVDs, eight, or whatever, all that other stuff. MP3 players, I don't even know what it is now. But now they're saying Newsweek and New York Times reported that vinyl records are making their way back. Nothing's new. Repeating itself. When we think of how man has communicated over the years, the methods may change. But the need for communication has never changed. Never has. Man is born and man dies and no one is exempt. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know the names of your great, great, or great, let's just say great, how many of you know the names of your great grandparents? Not many. How many of us know the, the names of the last five sitting vice presidents? Some of us wish we could forget some of them. But think of it. You know what's going to happen, guys? Think about the next 75 to 100 years. Will anybody remember your name? What mark will you have left on society? Because of all of your hard work, and because of all of your efforts, and because of all of your ingenuity and your brains, what mark on society will you have left? Other than Jesus Christ, everything else is meaningless. Well, he turns the corner and he's, he talks about knowledge. knowledge. Knowledge is meaningless without God. Verse 12, I, the teacher, was king of Israel. I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven. I soon discovered that God had dealt a tragic existence to the human race. And I observed everything going on under the sun. There's that word under the sun, life without God. 
And really it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. And I said to myself, look, I'm wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all of this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase my knowledge only increased my sorrow. Look at some of the things that Solomon said. Some of his credentials. What were some of his credentials? Congregation, what were some of his credentials? I mean, read that passage of Scripture. What were some of his credentials in reference to knowledge? What did he say? He was king of Israel. What were some more of his credentials in those passages of Scripture? Wiser than any other king, what else? Education. Do you think he had education? Do you think he had time on his hands because he had all the freedom? Anything that he wanted to do, he had the ability to be able to do it. He had it. What other? Anything else? He devoted himself. Man, this guy, listen, it wasn't just like it was a passing thing. He devoted himself to knowledge. He devoted himself. But what would he end up saying? Meaningless. Meaningless. Solomon is saying, look, in all the education, and all those degrees that you guys want to get, great. Man, that's awesome. Man, it's good to be able to get that bachelor's. No, it's good to get that, it's good to get that high school education. It's good to get that associate's degree, and it's good to get that bachelor's, or maybe that master's, or maybe that whatever comes after that. <laughs> it's great to get those degrees. But you know what? Without God, it's what? It's meaningless. It's worthless. Because those things don't fill the void. It's like chasing the wind. You guys have ever chased bubbles, and it's blowing, you know, and you, all of a sudden you get it, and all of a, then you get it, and, and then it's gone there for a moment it doesn't take long before it's gone the writer of the poem said a man went searching here and there but of his life he thoughts his thoughts were bare he searched through jello saran wrap and time but of his life it was just a rhyme and if he found what he was looking for what would he do forevermore and here is this guy looking in life, in this poem for meaning in life, and look at the places he looked. He looked in jello and he looked in saran wrap and he looked in time, but just like the rhyme, none of it had any meaning. And it's so easy for us to invest so much time in stuff that's worthless and doesn't account for, for anything. Verse 16, I said to myself, look, I'm wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem. That's a pretty cocky guy, isn't it? I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything under, from wisdom to madness and folly, but I learned firsthand that pursuing all of this is like chasing, chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increased my sorrow I know people who are students of God's Word who know this Bible inside and out and yet they don't know the God for which it was written about and you know what it's worthless you can spend your days 
learning these scriptures and know these scriptures yet not know the God for whom they were written. Woe is me. Apart from God, we're clueless to what the meaning of life is. And in the midst of that moment in time, that's where our restlessness comes in. And so my question is, seniors, what are you going to pursue? What is it that you're going to set at this time in your life when it's such a a life-changing moment? You have the ability right now to set forth. This is a change. This is a season. This is a This is a momentous time from right now you have the ability to set your life in a direction that will change your life. What will you pursue? What will it be that will grab your attention? Stuff, at the end of that journey you're going to find out it's worthless and it's meaningless. A bigger house, a bigger position, more money in the bank, a good-looking guy, listen, his looks will fade just like hers will. I should have heard an amen after that. <laughs> Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added unto you. Contentment. Satisfaction, fulfillment, only in Jesus. What I'd love to do, I'd love for us to pray over you as we close. I'd love for us to invite you to stand in the middle of this aisle and for us as a body of believers to pray over you today. Because, see, we as adults know the battle that lies ahead for you. And my prayer is that if you are not aligned and moving towards Jesus, that today would be that day. That he would be your focus. And just as these seniors, as today, if you're not aligned and if you're not moving ahead towards Jesus, that today that would be your focus. Because if not, you will waste your time and one day I'll be presiding over your funeral or somebody else will and they'll be talking about you and the impact that you've had and then they're going to dismiss and go have some barbecue and fried chicken and it'll be over Within a few months and a few years, people will forget. That's the truth. There's more to this life than this life. You have the ability not just to impact today, but to impact eternity. But it begins with Jesus. So can I escort you guys right over here? And to come stand down the middle. And all of you that work with students and student ministry, I want you to stand right here with them in the middle. Steve Whitaker, who's worked with students for many, many years. 
I'm going to ask if Steve would take that microphone. Parents, you come in here, grab it here with them too. Parents, you come on in this. You're part of this as well. You get in the middle of this. If you're a parent, if you're a youth worker, come in here. And I want us to be able to pray over our students. And I want to say this, that today, if you don't know or have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it begins with, first of all, acknowledging the fact that you're a sinner, recognizing what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago when he died for your sins. doesn't have anything to do with how smart you are, how many, how many scholarships you get, what fraternity you're a part of, or what your family status may be. Jesus died for you. That's the only thing that gets you to heaven. And you coming to that place of recognizing your sin, believing in Christ, and committing to live for him. And if you've never made that decision, listen, I'd love to talk to you after this service. But seniors, we want to pray over you. So congregation, would you join us in this prayer? And Steve, would you lead us? We just pray this morning over these seniors. Lord, we ask that you would just flow through their hearts and their minds. Father, I pray that you would help them on their journey of life. There's going to be ups and downs. Father, I know that there'll be wolves in sheep's clothing. Father, I pray that you would just, as Sidney said, Father, that, that you would encourage them to have those folks that they can go to, Father, for encouragement and for guidance, and that they would look to your word for guidance, and Father, that they would look there first. So often, Father, we look to the things that we can see and touch and feel and Lord, things that make us feel good temporarily, but Lord, you're the one that gives us what we need each and every day. And Father, uh, just through contentment and the peace through knowing you as our Lord and Savior. I pray for these parents of these children, young people, and Father, I just pray that you would just help the parents to be able to Allow you, Father, to take control of their kids' lives and, Father, to know and to trust you even when decisions are made that, that are not popular and even when choices are made that, that um, I know as a parent sometimes we think we know best. And, Father, we pray that, that you would just help these parents, Father, to stand beside their children and, Father, to always point them to you. Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the pastor. And Lord, I just thank you for the words that he gave today. And Father, you spoke through him in this service. And Lord, we just ask that you would just guide and direct us in our lives. And Father, may we as a church know that we have a responsibility to these young folks and that we would be here for them. And Father, that we have a responsibility to each other. And Lord, I pray that you would be with each one of our people that are represented here today. And Lord, that we could lean on each other in times of need and, and in good times as well. And Father, for the decisions that have to be made on a daily basis, we ask for your guidance. We thank you for your love. 
and the peace that you give us through your son, Jesus Christ, in your name we pray. Amen. Seniors, I'm going to ask if you'll go out that door and stand at that door because there's some people that would like to hug your neck and they'd like to love on you and put $20 bills in your pocket. <laughs> you got to learn that early on. That's called wisdom, okay? Listen, go make a difference this week.